in order to beat these ducks, you're going to have to shoot very well and hope that they don't, which is possible because, I mean, they definitely have and there's been some games. But, I mean, listen, Will Richardson wasn't really getting a lot of production, wasn't playing that well, and we still beat UCLA and almost beat USC. Uh, this team is very hard to predict. They could very well run the table and win the whole tournament. It could happen. Uh, or they could lose in the first round. You know, I mean, this is this team is is so hard to call. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Emerald Sports episode eight. Only two more until we're in the double digits. Just crazy. How you doing, Carlos? Carlos and Brennan, like usual. You know, we're, your we're, hosts haven't changed. <laughs> We're back again. We may We're have added a few guests here and there, but we'll always be here to hold it down while we can. Man, eight weeks. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I, we came in um, like halfway through, probably later in the, in the basketball season. Yeah. We, and well, now we, we're here in tournament time. Isn't that well, something? And not only uh, the start of the men's, but also the women's tournament just happened as well. It did. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because they did not win. As we <laughs> predicted, our brackets were uh, demonstrably false. Uh, they did open up with a win over UCLA 63 to 60, but then fell to Utah 80 to 73 in what seems like the, their eighth matchup of the season against them. And it's like, it's actually something that I'm excited to see going into the national tournament because we've had time to build up on that lineup. You know, it's actually something that seems like it works. Those two work together on the floor and they're both putting up double doubles when they play together. So it's not like just one of them is the main big putting up the workhorse numbers. Like they're both able to not only put up uh, double digits in the numbers, but also they can get both get the boards. They can both play aggressive defense. And I really like it. The UCLA game was a little rough. Um, we came out on top, which was excellent to see. But the Utah game, that was a little hard to watch because it was because it's a team that we beat. And I said in the previous episode that I thought that we had their number. Um, but the, but they actually Utah was hot, red hot and rolling. I was actually saying Utah and Colorado were two of the games, two of the teams to watch sleepers, for. Yeah. yeah, were the sleepers of the tournament. Obviously, Stanford. I mean, where I'm eating my words mm. right now. They ran the Pac-12. They went undefeated the entire season against Pac-12 teams, and it was a uh, you know seeing Utah go there. I think Oregon, like we talked about, was going to put up the best chance against Stanford. And Utah got our best number that night, and they definitely got to feel the Stanford presence. Yeah, I didn't see any shot of Utah going into that championship game beating Stanford whatsoever. I think you're right on the money. I think the Ducks were had the best shot uh, being that two seed, uh, three seed. Where I think they were the two seed. Uh, but just to touch on that that lineup. I mean, do you think it's something that they should roll into the tournament with? Because I do think that. Uh, the defensive production is better because we know guards like Tahina Papau and Sidney Parrish can press and play good defense on the perimeter. And then you got, you know, Saboli and Sedona down low who are, you know, huge. We know what they can do, you know, off the glass. Uh, the defensive success has been great. They held UCLA at 35.8 from the floor. Uh, but the scoring, they only put up 63. Do you think that 
running this set limits their opportunities to score? Do you think there are some drawbacks? Yeah, and I'm glad and I'm glad you said that because there is you got to you can't sack like you got to sacrifice something. You know, you can't have a perfect defense with the perfect score and just blow every team out and score 100 points a game and hold every team to 40. You know, that that would be great. You know, a, a Washington State game, of course, I'd want to see that every single game. But I think that you the one thing to sacrifice, we know that we know that our guards can be efficient. We know that our guards can score points. We know that our bigs can score points too. So I think sacrificing a little bit of scoring to focus on the defense and really lock down a paint presence, I, I'm, I'm willing to take that sacrifice, especially going into a national tournament yeah. where you, you kind of got to focus on defense. I mean, we've been saying this the whole time, defense wins championships. So being able to roll out this lineup, I think schematically gives us the best defensive presence when we're going to be going against teams that one we probably haven't seen and two are going to give us their biggest fight of the year and it's one game so every game is one game and I think the way that we played in this tournament is gonna light a fire under the butts both teams the men's and the women's have been bounced back teams this entire season we've seen it time and time again where they've lost a game bounced back and have played great um, with a few exceptions. So I do think this lineup is going to be a problem for teams in the national tournament. I agree. And it's really good for the guards, Andy Rogers and Tahina Papau. You know, they're able to set more screens, kind of isolate the scoring a little bit, make them the focal points of the offense. But I just wish, I really wish we could get more bench production because it's still not happening. Even with Maddie Schur coming in as the, the sixth woman, she only got seven minutes. Didn't even get a shot up. No points. Uh, Kylie Watson is kind of hit and miss. And then uh, Alex Hurst scored three against UCLA. That was the highest scoring player off the bench. But, I mean, when you're playing back to back to back, you're in the tournaments, uh, you can't rely on just five players. It's it's just you're not going to get results there. You're right. You're right. And But on the, on the counter side to that, I will say that now that you're in the games that matter the most, which are tournament games, you're going to rely on five to six players. You're going to yeah. have a short rotation. And if you're, and if, if you're five starting five can go the entire length of the game, if they can go all 40 minutes, I, I say play them. I mean, you got opportunities. The things with, especially women's college basketball that I enjoy the most is that there's quarters. So they, you know, you get that reset every 10. You get, you still get the timeouts yeah, in between. So you do get chance to get rest. And if there's anything that I've learned from this women's team this year is that they are feisty. They love to fight and they refuse to lose. They will, they will keep going the whole 40 minutes of the game, which really puts us at an advantage, I would say. Mm -hmm. And they play really well together. You look at the Utah game, even in the loss, four of the starters scored in double digits. Tahina Pau has been kind of on a tear right now. She's shooting really well, especially because she had that, you know, that game stretch. But I mean, just to talk about the Utah game a little more, it was a tough loss, but it didn't come as a huge surprise to me just because, I mean, you play a team as good as Utah three times in a season, it's going to be hard to come away with that sweep. Um, but they do play good for quarters. They were a little slow coming out of the half, but Utah was just on another level. Gianna Neepkins, a player I've talked about uh, a lot, had 24 points. You know, it. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, once again, little to no production for the bench. Do you think that if there was an Achilles heel for this team, do you think that it's depth? 
or is it something else? What's gonna What's gonna be the problem going into this tournament? Yeah, I uh, I think depth one of the issues. Um, but I don't think it's the main issue. Just because the people who are coming off the bench, we've seen have productive mm-hmm. games. So it's not like the the players who are coming off the bench can't be productive. I think what the issue would be and what would hold us back from advancing would be a slow offensive night, which in the games that we've seen throughout the season, that's what's really put us in a hole is yeah. when we can't get the scoring going, especially from the guard standpoint. I don't think Niara has any trouble at no. all getting her bucket. Even on her worst night, you're looking at like 10 points, 8 points. Right. And we'll take that. I mean, I'll take yeah, that. For, yeah. Because not only if she is struggling, if she's going to be struggling offensively, I've I've noticed she's the type of player who's going to pick it up defensively and she's going to hustle for those second chance opportunities on the rebound side. So her I'm not worried about. But in the games that we've seen, Tahina and India kind of have, you know, struggle from the field. That's when I realized that the production level of the offense kind of goes into, you know, like in in the in the wrong direction. Because mm-hmm. it seems like it's kind of hard to get things going at that point when you when your guards can't get get the shots that they're looking for. Because, like I said, this team is full of will and fight, and they're going to keep trying to get their shots. We've seen games that they've squeezed out Ws, but have had some of the worst shooting nights of their of the of the season you know where they've had under 30 percent shooting and somehow still got the w so obviously they're willing to still fight but i think that is going to be the one thing that would hold us back from advancing in the national tournament would be a slow start to our offensive game yeah i mean you look at the utah loss andy rogers five for 16 tina Papau seven for 18 so you're seeing a little bit there what amounted to that even though they scored 73 points they still played enough offensively i think to win but you were talking about Niara Sabli and not being worried about her. I agree. Uh, but when, I mean, there's no uh, bench production. I think it, it's all the more better that you have Sedona Prince out there to kind of take the pressure off of her a little bit. She got 17 minutes in the Utah game. Uh, I mean, the last thing you want is for her to go down with an ankle injury in the tournament. And then, you know, you're kind of stranded. You'd have to go back to that other four guard lineup, except with Sedona. And I mean, Sedona, great player but that's probably your third scoring option on the offense. So then if you're relying on your shooting, and I don't think, I think we can both agree they're not going to run the table shooting lights out probably, then that's that's a problem. So I think getting a, a rotation in a little bit, even though, I mean, you did say that tightens up a little bit in the tournament, but the most important thing is keeping Sabali healthy and running the offense through her. So I think there's definitely a balance you need to find there. I'm excited for the tournament and we don't know what the Ducks, what seeding is going to look like yet because the tournament just ended last week. I'm expecting a pretty good run. I think Stanford's in, insane, but um, yeah, I think maybe like a, a sweet 16 at least. I think that's definitely reasonable. Yeah, I think that they, and, and uh, you know, this team is built for, this team is built for bounce backs. This team has proven time and time again that they are willing to learn from their losses which has been incredible to watch. It's been in, in, inspiring to see this team, you know, especially after, the, you know, that that uh, hard Arizona game 
the the game that's popping up in my head, you yeah. know, especially after that hard game. That whole stretch because you had the ASU loss right after that. Correct. Mm. You know, there was that hard stretch of lost games and they just, you know, they, they refuse to quit, which is something that you can, you can't teach that, you know, you can teach skills, you can teach, you know, shooting and dribbling and playing defense, but like the will to push through adversity is hard to teach. And that's something that this team, I feel like has built their pride on mm-hmm. is n- k- bouncing back. And when you ha- when you're going into the biggest stage and the biggest opportunity and you're coming off of a tough loss to a team that you've had their number on the season, I am expected I am expecting them to come out with fire. Do you think a loss to Utah lights that fire under them more than a loss to Stanford in the championship would have. What do you think is better in the long run? Yeah, this is uh this is hard because this is like a hypothetical thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to, you know, got to take into consideration. Uh, I will say that I think the loss to Utah, it probably stings a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, getting to the championship and then losing in the championship would that would kind of hurt. More demoralizing. Well. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they both have equal value. Either way, whoever we play in the first round better be ready to play, because yeah. this team I know is going to be coming out red hot and ready to make a make a difference. Um, there are really good teams in the in the national tournament that we're going to have to keep an eye out for. That we're going to see later on down the road. You know, Sweet Sixteen potential elite eight i think at the very at the very least sweet 16 will 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 be there um but i think a lot of the top teams you know even though we're we haven't been ranked you know we've been in and out the top 25 i think now that we're healthy now that we're getting a a good defensive rotation down with niara and sedona mm-hmm. i think uh a lot of teams don't like a lot of teams should be worried when they see a matchup against us yeah, and I think when you look at the Power Five schools, you don't really a lot of you know the public opinion don't really look at the Pac-12 and think like, oh no, uh, you know you have like Arizona and Stanford, obviously, but I think in a way, playing in the Pac-12 almost sets you up better for the tournament than otherwise because everybody's like cannibalizing each other, and we've seen that when we play out of conference schools like UConn, we're better for it, more seasoned, you know, more the adversity that they've gone through. I, I think this team is going to, I think you're going to see them play really well. I know we both, it sounds like we're just being biased because we picked them to win the tourney, but uh, yeah, very excited. And you're right because, you know, there are like the top teams that, you know, people talk about all the time, you know, South Carolina, UConn, Arizona, you know, Stanford's one of them this year. But like I just said, Arizona and Stanford, those are two Pac-12 teams. And yeah, uh, more recently, notoriously Oregon, you know, I, the PAC 12 on the women's side has developed this new level of competition that I think what you said is 100% correct, that it is seasoning these teams in this conference play that when they go to tournament time, they're more capable of defeating these higher quote unquote level teams when 
you know, we're, we're facing high level teams. Mm. We're facing some of the best teams in the nation and conference play twice a year. Exactly. So I, I, I'm glad that you said that because that is something that I think there are other conferences that aren't accustomed to that. So when they're going to play, you know, the Pac-12 is a really strong, competitive conference. And I'm excited to see not only how Oregon plays, but the entire Pac-12. All of them, yeah. Because it's been, I mean, we've been covering this team. And with doing so, we've had the... Some research on some other ones. Yeah. Secondhand research. Yeah. We've had the uh, the ability to do a little deeper dive on other teams around us. And yeah, I'm just excited to see see us make a splash and then see how we stack up against other teams in the nation. Well, they're here. They're ready to go. We got Niara Savali. We have Andy Rogers. And yeah, I think next week we're getting into the nitty gritty. Uh, the men's, on the other hand, just keeps getting worse somehow. Uh, the Ducks lost both of those Washington games that we were forecasting. First to the Huskies, 78-67, to and then to the Cougs, 94-74. to The Ducks are now 2-6 and six over the past eight games. Carlos, give me some hope. Something. We're heading into the tournament. The Ducks are a five seed. Uh, some of the games actually are probably kicking off uh, right now as we're recording. But, I mean, is there is there light at the end of the tunnel? Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about, um, you know, these two, these two, you know, these two last games having to be like, um, must wins, Mm. um, dropped them both. And now the, the light at the end of the tunnel is clear. The only light at the end of the tunnel in terms of making the table. Yeah. Mm. In terms of making it to the, to the big dance is to make it through what is now considered probably the toughest gauntlet of the season because not only do we have to win out but we're on a pretty aggressive side of the bracket to where we have to face some pretty good teams so I think that the hope is we can make it to the end and we can win out we win out you know we'll we'll circle back to where we're at we'll we'll cover the bases but looking back there is just kind of you know I hate to sound like the broken record of like this season but it's just kind of the level of inconsistency and figuring out who our identity is Mm. and to me that's the reason why we've dropped we dropped the last two games and we're like you said two for six it's kind of Kind of a hard, hard pill to swallow. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to have to run that gauntlet without Will Richardson, who did not make the trip to Vegas uh, because of an illness. He's been in a funk anyways, but I mean, you like to have all your players. But yeah, I mean, they just, they don't even look motivated anymore. I got to say, I mean, after that USC loss, which was demoralizing for the fans in the stands, the players, obviously coaches, uh, or sorry, the Washington game, like not a lot of... Not a lot of good. I mean, you had Davion Harmon and Quincy Garrier who have continued to develop. They're looking like the two best scorers on the team right now. Will went 0 for 3. 0. Goose egg, again, in the stat sheet. Uh, Jacob Young had 14. He, w- he was looking a little better. Uh, you know, we've said that the post threat kind of comes and goes, and it went far, far away in this game. Eight combined points between the two. 
Uh, but Washington's a real team. We said it. You know, uh, uh, Terrell Brown Jr. is a great player, and we're going to get into the bracket here a little a little later. But I like Washington a lot down the stretch. I will say that. And then the Wazoo game, uh, Will didn't play, and that one was from the the tip a complete disaster. They put up ninety four points, which is the third highest they've put up all season, and the most Oregon has allowed, which says a lot because we know this team is. A little lacking on the offensive end of things, but they're supposed to be a great defensive team, very well coached, disciplined, great in transition, and that was not the case. And they lost, and the season is finally over with the regular season. Uh, but now they have time to reset before the tournament, which I think will be good for them. You're, uh, I like how you said the reset because that's <laughs> the same thing I was touching on the women's team, and the same thing I'll say with the men's team is that the the culture surrounding these two programs is how can you be better the next game the washington game we got worse going into the wazoo game how can we be better from the wazoo game to where we're going to go into for the for the tournament this is a time to get better but you mentioned two guys right Harmon and gurrier mm -hmm. who have really stepped up Big and time. became they're they've really identified who they're gonna be as a player, and I, and I and I'm excited. I it hurts that we're gonna lose Will because I feel like having a player of his caliber caliber in a tournament and in a situational where he can. He, I think it was only a matter of time before he came out of this funk. So it really and the tournament was gonna be a chance to do that. So I mean it, it really is a gut punch to not have him there. It does, but now you're looking at this the schematics of our offense, and now you have the kind of this ability to almost switch things around, which puts us in a position where we almost have like an upper hand on these teams because these teams that we're seeing, mm -hmm. you know, they're used to us having will exactly, and they're used to us running this sort of offense now. We have to go and we have to go and find almost a new identity with these players that we gotta, you know, we gotta plug in. We kind of have an upper hand because not only are we gonna be getting used to it, but these other teams won't have the film on this is the offense we're gonna be running for X amount of time, you know. Except for that Wazoo game, which I don't know how much you can take away from that. But yeah, it's a huge shift because the starting five against the Cougars had Kepnong and Dante in it, two bigs. And you had Eric Williams to continue coming off the bench. He got 27 minutes, played a lot, and he's going to, uh, being an upperclassman. And then Nate Biddle got some minutes, which was, made me very excited. And he played well. Uh, four points. He had three rebounds. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I haven't... This is never something I really thought of because you know Kepnong and Dante neither one has had the season I think people have expected them to so having them both out there uh makes things a little different but I think it'll definitely take pressure off the guards look for Devion Harmon and hopefully Jacob Young who was our highest scorer against Wazoo to hopefully have big games in the tourney Dude, I am I'm actually super excited. Like you kind of have nothing to lose at this point. We're exactly. Just, yeah. We have nothing to lose. We're throwing um everything at the wall and trying to see what sticks. And in this position, we actually it transitions us from that kind of three guard set that we've been running. Now we have two traditional bigs out there 
with Gurrier, who honestly is like a stretch four. You play anywhere, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And you now we're putting him basically at the three position. So we get bigger. We have a bigger set. And we have something I want to see. Gurrier touch the ball more. He's going to get a lot more looks. And I think the opportunity at that pick and roll with Jacob Young is going to be there. Yeah. Especially because you're going to have Jacob Young taking it up. Davion Harmon's probably going to play kind of the two position. Uh, you know, maybe maybe try to cut down low. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not Dana Altman, so I can't even begin to forecast. But yeah, I mean, I think Gurrier and Jacob Young are going to be primed for big numbers, maybe improve their stock a little bit. 100%. And I think defensively, we improve. We improve defensively because not only is Harmon and Young dogs on the like on the perimeter, but also, I mean, Dante and Kepnog down low. You that's mm. that's scary. That is, it is scary yeah. going in there. And then you have Eric Williams, who is something that we've been talking about. And you know, Shane uh, wrote that piece on about his defense just improving. Now we're getting along. Yeah. And Nate Biddle long. Exactly. Paul, we got. Uh, an opportunity to kind of stretch the floor more, get in long, tall defensive presence, which, like I said, teams are not going to be ready for when we come into this to this tournament. Well, and the first game the Ducks have, we're going to start getting into this bracket here in just a second, is Oregon State, and they have a man named Roman Silva who is seven foot one, kind of the focal point of their offense. Uh, like, good luck. You got Kepnong and Dante down there. I think in order to beat these Ducks, you're going to have to shoot very well and hope that they don't, which is possible because, I mean, they definitely haven't. There's been some games. But, I mean, listen, Will Richardson wasn't really getting a lot of production, wasn't playing that well, and we still beat UCLA and almost beat USC. Uh, this team is very hard to predict. They could very well run the table and win the whole tournament. It could happen. Uh, or they could lose in the first round. You know, I mean, it's just... This team is is so hard to call. Yeah, um, I do want to get into this into this Let's bracket. Let's here. get into it. I'm excited. I've been looking at this for a second here, and I am excited. I am number one. I'm excited for. Um, before we start getting into prediction, as we drew this, we drew the 12th seed. That's a that's a bucket for us. Yes, uh, they did not get the bye week. Uh, just to go over the seeding a little bit, your four teams. I guess it's not really a bye week. Uh, but the, the game, game off, a yeah. bye game, bye. <laughs> is Arizona, UCLA, USC, and Colorado. And then you have the Ducks who drew the 12th seed, which is Oregon State. They only have, I want to say, like one conference win. And then you have ASU, Stanford, Washington State, Cal, and Washington, Utah. For the rest, uh, Arizona State, Stanford, who you got? Uh, I'm going I'm going. Uh, ASU. Um, I, think, I think they definitely... Um, have a better program here, and I'm taking them in the first round. But I will say Stanford, they are a good basketball team still. They have... um Very big. Bi yes, exactly. They That's what I was... Uh, I was trying to remember what I was going to mm -hmm. say. They, they're big, so they have an, uh, a little bit of an advantage there, but um, I think ASU has shown me enough this season that they, that they, can, they can ball. Yeah, this is actually a back-to-back -back matchup. They ended out the regular season facing each other. Uh, but I'm going to ride the hot hand here. The Sun Devils are 7-1 and one over the last eight. Very hot. And Stanford is 1-7. <laughs> so I'm just going to, if you look at the momentum, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take the Sun Devils. But, I mean, the tournament, it's a different ballgame. It could shift. I mean, we don't, I mean, 
look at what happened with the the women's team with Utah and Oregon, you know, ended the season against each other. And then um, granted, they didn't play until the next round. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, our accuracy on the women's bracket probably averaged out to like 55 percent. So, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Flip of a coin. Heads or tails. I would have been higher if you hadn't. You silver-tongued devil. <laughs> Anyways, next one. Oregon and Oregon State. Rivalry game. Uh, yeah, we're going with the quack. Oregon. Yeah, I agree. I will say I will give Oregon State. The one thing I will give them is that they did give uh, USC a run for their money a couple weeks ago. They went into overtime, but I have never seen a more sloppier game. Mm-hmm. More sloppy, sloppier ending to a game than what I witnessed in that game. I hope I never watch that again. Yeah, I mean, no way the Ducks is four straight here. To the rival Beavers, I just don't see any world, any scenario where this happens. Dane Allman yeah. is too good a coach. This team is too seasoned. Uh, despite the struggles, despite Will Richardson, I think they prevail here and I get the win. Yeah, I think uh, touching to our recap, I think we've, I think we're starting to tap into something that may be, may be a problem. Maybe we'll see. Uh, Wazoo versus Cal. All right, a tough one. Uh, you know, seeing from what I've seen against Oregon and some other teams, you know, Cal played lights out. Same with Wazoo. Maybe they just had the upper hand on what we what we brought schematically. Uh, you know, I hate to number chase, but I think I'm going to go Washington State here. They're coming off of that that big win against um, against Oregon, and I think that they they're they're moving a little bit on the momentum side. I agree. I think the win gives them a lot of momentum, and Cal can't score. At all. They're averaging 50 points over the last four games. So, and we just saw Washington State put up 94. So I think the the writing's on the wall here. I hate to go all favorites, but yeah, I'm, yeah. Taking, I'm taking the Cougs here. And then Washington, Utah. Same. I mean, I just spoil all favorites. I'm taking the Huskies here. Yeah, even though I hate to write that down. Yeah, it's gross. Um, to wash my hands after this. <laughs> yeah, uh, UW. Um, they, you know, like you, like you mentioned, they have an elite player on their team. And when you're looking at tournament time, you kind of want to want you. You either have a team that's going to be playing sound together, or you have one guy who can just take over. And I think that's what Washington has. And I think they have the upper hand going into this matchup. Yeah, Terrell Brown's a dog. I think he's going to perform well enough i think you've seen a lot of consistency from him utah is the the worst team other than osu so yeah i got the huskies here which takes us into the second round arizona and we had all the same picks right yeah yeah arizona asu uh rivalry yeah i'm uh it's funny that we're getting this right like these rivalry matchups which are actually kind of cool you know yeah like yeah they're, they're enjoyable but arizona they're I mean, they're number one for the reason. A reason they're probably going to draw a number one seed going into the national tournament as well. They are a very, very, very good basketball team. So, I'm going with Arizona. Yeah, me too. I mean, you just said it. They're a team that I have going the distance in the NCAA tournament. So, by no means am I going to have them losing to the Sun Devils here. I got the the Wildcat. This is. Wildcats. Wildcats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oregon, Colorado. Yeah. This one is tough for me because I don't, um, I, C- Colorado getting the time off, I think will be good for them. They have a really good, uh, really good team. They play really good team basketball and, uh, um, Jabri- Jabril, uh, excuse me, Jabari Walker, Jabari Walker. Uh, thank you. He, uh, is, he's incredible, man. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to be, he's NBA talent sort of player but i think 
this big lineup is gonna cause problems. I and I'm sticking with it. So. I'm back in the quack here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but I have the Ducks as well. Yeah, uh, I think this is a very close game. And the last time they played, Oregon seemed to. I mean, you had the earlier loss, but I think Oregon kind of had the last time we said a team had a team's number. It didn't go very well, but I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna say it. Uh, but again, this team is just impossible to predict. So, I mean, anything could happen, especially with this matchup too. Splitting the season series one right. one, we you know they won here, we won there. So I think in this neutral part here, um, it's gonna be. This is going to be a day two matchup to look out for, for sure. And Colorado has our four seed. That was supposed to be the Ducks, you yeah. know? So I think there's going to be some animosity, and hopefully they get it done. Um, moving into the other side of the bracket, UCLA and Wazoo. Yeah, this one's hard for me because UCLA is a good team, um, but I've seen them fold under pressure. Um, and Oh? What's yeah. This? What's this? Um... I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to go with uh, UCLA. Uh, it was very close. Spineless. It was. It was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm taking UCLA too. I mean, since losing to Oregon, they've been on an, a tear. They beat UW and USC fairly handily, and I think this break is only going to help them. Um, and I think Wazoo just runs out of mojo here. I got the Bruins. Yeah, yeah. Now this one has, uh, this next matchup is definitely giving me a little bit of trouble here. Is it? You want, you want me to give you my answer first? Uh, if you would like to go first, go ahead. Upset. Ding, ding, ding. I have the Huskies. Uh, mainly because USC runs heavily through the post with Isaiah Mobley. They do have Drew Peterson who can score. And if he does have a great game, I think USC will get it done. But UW defends the post very well. You remember Nate Roberts, 6'11", junior? Uh, he's a beast. So I can very well see Isaiah Mobley maybe struggling to get going a little bit. This is a big stage for him. A lot of pressure. He's got to live up to big bro. And I think Terrell Brown's just going to do the rest. And I think this is a very close game. But I had to have more than just the Ducks getting an upset. So I have the Huskies. I respect that. And just because you did tell me that, I'm going to have to go with USC. I can't. We can't have the same bracket. No. We can't go into that. It's true. Uh, not only that, but I do believe that uh, USC does have... Um, more uh more of a sound like like i said certain teams have single players and certain teams play all together and i think usc is one of those teams where they do have good players that they rely on but they also can get it done collectively as yeah. a team and i think mobley is going to be a problem um so i'm gonna have to go uh usc in this one the first one that we go against each other on Alrighty, that's getting into the just the semifinals. Arizona, Oregon. Man. You can see the gears turning. Oh yeah. Because I want I want the I want the revenge here. I also don't want to just like coat ride. You've been calling me Homer. You've been <laughs> you've been getting into me about running with the ducks. But that's just what I'm going to do. I think this big lineup is going to be an issue. I think that because we are more defensive minded now than ever, and that's what kind of set us apart against um, Arizona was that we were trying so hard to get our offense going that our defense kind of lacked on the other side in that game. And we were one possession away from really having one of the biggest upsets of the season again. Um, I think the quack figures it's out. I think we're going to upset uh, University of Arizona here and you know what I'm just gonna let you know right now I think we punch our ticket and we run the table 
you know, in that women's bracket, I had Stanford winning it all. And then after your beautiful speech, I was like, you know what? He's right. The Ducks. And that speech was great. And it's getting me thinking that uh, the Ducks are definitely going to lose. <laughs> yeah. My speech right now. I have Arizona here. Uh, the run ends for the Ducks in the semifinals. Uh, they're just too up and down. And Arizona is one of the most level and consistent teams in the nation. They only have two conference losses. I'm just going to be real here. I would love to see the Ducks win it as a fan, but I'm taking the Wildcats. That's fair. I respect it. Um, uh, UCLA, USC. I'm going USC here. I think that they get the number. Um, I got USC versus Oregon in the in the championship. Interesting championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, like I said, UCLA did show a lot of inconsistency from me. And I think USC is, like I said, more consistent as a team and they have the big presence that can really make a difference and i think this tournament is going to come down to the bigs and that's why i'm rolling with oregon all the way through is because we're rolling out this two big lineup that i is going to cause a problem because when we see dante roll out throughout the season and kepnon come in they both are good Mm -hmm. on the defensive side aggressive and not afraid to really get after you know, get after people who are coming in the paint and kind of get after people who are trying to post up. But when you have those two together and somebody like Quincy who can play that stretch four and then two dog fighters of guards with Young and Harmon, I, I really think we're going to cause a lot of noise in this tournament. Oh, man, I am like so excited for you and worried. At the same time. <laughs> You're going to look at like such a genius if this happens. <laughs> I know. I'm but hoping high so. risk, high reward. Uh, <laughs> I have UCLA and UW in this game, and I'm going to take UCLA. More experienced, better team all around. Uh, and I just can't picture the University of Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. That this doesn't sound right. I was hoping you were going to scratch them out uh, three games ago. So, <laughs> yeah, UCLA, which makes my championship Arizona UCLA, and yours is the Ducks USC. Yeah. What do you What do you got? I got Oregon. <sighs> I think we like I said. I am a broken record right now, Uh, and I'll say it again. We have the big presence that is going to make a difference in this tournament, and a team who relies mostly on their bigs in USC, I think that we got the upper hand on them. This is the revenge game. It's a revenge game. We can get them back for what they did to us in Matt Knight, sending the fans home sad, and then we can bring back the Pac-12 championship home to the fans. Get that bid. Punch our ticket. Yes, sir. And go to the big dance. Yes, sir. Uh, my championship, the more realistic one, is uh, <laughs> is going to be a blast if it happens. Uh, UCLA and Arizona. Oh, sign me up. Uh, they split the series 1-1 in the regular season. Uh, it's gonna. It would be a great game. Would. Can't speak like it's a real thing, but I have Zona taking care of business here. They're just so good and i think i haven't seen the bracket yet and i'm not a bracketologist by any means but i think i have them in the final four in the whole damn thing yeah you uh if you know i i I do think that in the big tournament um i don't know you know if we punch our ticket we'd have to see the matchups and where we're at um so i can't really speak on oregon right now but arizona as a team uh yeah they're gonna do big things in the tournament you know them uh gonzaga you got uh you got Auburn, um, and who is the other potential number one? Are we looking at Baylor? 
I believe so. So those are four really solid, solid basketball teams. And then we also got, you know, we also got Kentucky um, and uh, I believe Duke as well. A uh, few other um, big name teams that are. Um, yeah, North Carolina. I don't know. Did you already say them? No, I did not. Yeah. And they're yeah. Gonna, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. That's a, we have it. Is that a wrap? Yeah. That's the, that's the bracket. It was a pleasure doing this for the basketball season. Um, it's crazy how fast this all all unfolded. Yeah, yeah, and we're. I mean, this is kind of it. We did not do pro ducks last week, so I feel like we need to do two. Yeah, uh, you have a. Do you have a couple in mind? I have Chris Duarte up here, who's coming back from a toe injury. All right, our pro duck for this week is Chris Duarte. Our I believe it was one of our week ones, week twos. Um, yeah, the guy's coming back from a toe injury, so he will be getting some more minutes for the Indiana Pacers, and we just know he's going to tear it up. Yeah, no doubt, especially uh, touching back on like how he was so productive for us during tournament time and going into these big games mm-hmm. of the season. Excited, excited, excited to see him back in action because he actually, like we predicted, was going to be having increased minutes and be and have an increased role in their scheme and production for the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, they kind of sold the farm. They got younger. And uh, this is going to be very exciting in the coming weeks because uh, the combine, NFL combine, just wrapped up. And we have some ducks that are looking at some NFL roster spots. So, But right now, we're going to be patient and wait and uh, give it to Chris Duarte, a two-time Emerald Sports product. Congratulations to Chris. Congrats, Chris. I know you're listening out there. (laughs) Um, All right. That does it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Go Ducks.